Boggy Creek Audio Diary, number four. One last thing before I go. Greetings. This is Clint with one final audio diary from Arkansas. What a week. It's the final day of filming. It's hotter than all the rest. And we're out early once again, heading east into Falk. Lyle Blackburn has lined up yet another amazing witness encounter. He's put in so much time here, he's basically accepted as a local. That has allowed him the ability to get people to discuss on camera encounters that have never been discussed before. You'll have to wait for the documentary to be released to hear these tales. Needless to say, it'll be worth the wait. One thing that continues to come up is the ridicule associated with discussing the creature. For as many people as there are willing to talk on camera about what happened to them, there has to be three or four times as many who won't. For instance, there's the story of a young girl who saw the creature with her sister from the back of a pickup truck near the old Circe house. She was told by her parents never to talk about it again, and hasn't. We're deep in Crabtree country. We managed to get a glimpse of Crabtree Lake. Yet again, so many people who shared their story once upon a time were shamed to the point that now there's no hope of getting them to tell their story on tape. For them, that ridicule, that shame, has defeated the prospect of truth. It makes me wonder how many others have kept to themselves first-hand accounts of encounters with the Falk monster. Those who have been willing to come forth with their tales impress me on many levels. These are God-fearing people. They're not seeking fame or fortune. And it's hard to imagine that all of these people are making something up. One might say that it's just a case of misidentification, but in most cases, we're talking about people who've lived here their entire lives. They've fished, hunted, and roamed these swamps, creeks, and bayous since they were old enough to walk. I find little reason for them all to be lying or simply mistaken. As we travel these back roads, I take every opportunity to ask random people their thoughts on the legend. You know anybody that says that they've seen it? Tina! <laughs> Tina! <laughs> hey, have you heard about Bigfoot? Hey, Tina. Do you know anybody that's ever seen Bigfoot around here? You hadn't either? And she made it sound like you had all kinds of gold ready to go. Tina's like, no, get out of my face. <laughs> Just trying to stock a shelf, you know? Okay, thank you, Tina. What'd she say? No. No. Yeah, she wasn't she wasn't feeling it at all. Oh. What about you? I'm not from here though. You don't know anybody around here that's seen one? Mm-mm. You heard about it though. I heard about it because they be in here talking about it. But people, I ain't never people come in here and shoot the bull about it. Yeah. I seen a creature in them woods over there. <laughs> <laughs>
They always send something. They see alligators too. Bigfoot and alligators. Falk, Arkansas. I can't put a part with y'all. Speaking of gators, I'm hoping to see one today. Jason and I are heading out to Smith Park to set sail on yet another adventure. As we barrel along the back roads, Jason shares an interesting story about the supernatural aspect of Sasquatch, recalling someone he met in Oregon many years ago. And down this old logging road, um, saw this big wooden footprint hanging on a mailbox and said Bigfoot country. So when my son went back to his mother, um, I went back there and I pulled into the driveway and I saw this old man outside working in a, his workshop. And I said, hey man, I, you know, I, I like your mailbox. So yeah, I just moved up here from Texas and I thought everybody in Oregon have a Bigfoot story. It seems like I know more about him than anybody I've met. You know anything about him? And this guy goes off on, like, oh yeah, Sonny, there's a family of them lives over that hill there. And he just started telling me all this weird shit about um, portals, and they, they were brought here by aliens when their planet was being destroyed by natural causes. Um, and yeah, they go through the portals to different dimensions. And he's just going on and on for a good 30, 40 minutes. And finally, I just looked at him and said, man, are you bullshitting me? And he's like, no, no, you want to go meet him? And I was like, well, well, yeah. So we jumped in my truck and we went out to the middle of nowhere. Um, this old logging road, it dead ended. And we're sitting there and he's still just rambling on and on. And I'm just loving it, you know. And then, I didn't say anything, but I felt a vibration in my chest. And the way I des can describe it is um, like a bass. If you're too close to the speakers at a concert and the bass really goes through you, or elephants communicate at a level that's um, such a low frequency, you can't hear it. But they can hear it over great distances. And if you're standing next to an elephant when it does it, it vibrates through your body like that. So I didn't say anything. I felt it. And he stopped in like mid-sentence and said, oh, well, they're here now checking you out. And um, I told him, I said, well, you know, tell them come on out. I want to meet them. And they're like, oh, well, you know, they will when they're ready. But that's completely up to them. Um, so, I got to be pretty good friends with him. His name was Stan Johnson. He's since passed. But I used to go just hang out with him and listen to his stories. And one time, sitting in his front room, it was the exact same thing. He's just talking on and on. And I think actually I, I was recording this. And um, I felt the same thing. And he, I didn't say anything. And he stopped again said well they're here checking you out and I don't know what it was I can't explain it I never saw Bigfoot um, but according to him you know they can be right there they, they can be invisible to the human eye they communicate telepathically and 
I, I honestly believe he believed what he was saying. I don't know that I can buy into it, but it, it was an incredible book that he wrote that I think would make a, a great sci-fi movie, but just not really what I believe the creatures are. Wow. But you definitely experienced something. Twice. And somehow he knew I was experiencing it. That is weird. Yeah, it was probably six months apart. And we did get out of the truck and walk, um, oh, maybe a quarter mile into the woods. And he showed me where the portal was can't see anything it's just like see that there's that's where the portal is <laughs> did he come to tell you how he knew all of this oh yeah um, apparently the the um, family communicates with him regularly um, and I mean it had been going on Oh, I can't remember now. Probably 15, 20 years he had had constant communication with these. There was, um, it was two adults and two juveniles. But I mean, did he ever say, like, well, I moved up here, or was he there, and then all of a sudden, 15 years ago, it started? Was there any yeah, indicator? Yeah, he, he, he was there, and can't really remember now, but yeah, first time he saw one, you know, he had been there forever. He's just an old retired logger himself. Right. And he saw one and um, no real communication the first time, I believe. But then later on, it started communicating with him telepathically. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'd love to go in and just sit there and listen to him talk about it. Even if it's not what I really believe. But he certainly believed it. Yes. And there's another guy, he's living in Australia now, that wrote a book, The Psychic Sasquatch. Yeah. And, I mean, it was exactly Stan's story. Those two guys, somebody ripped off somebody else's story, or there is something to it. Wow. That's awesome. We pull into a boat launch area inside of Smith Park. A vivacious local lady named Amber has lined up a trip to the mouth of Boggy Creek. Our two guides are both older gentlemen, but only in age. They've spent their entire life here. Our other guide is a bombastic local who spends his free time on horseback, going to places only accessible on the back of an equine. We load up on two flat-bottom boats. The recent rain has raised the creeks considerably. We set off, full speed ahead, through narrow passages, ducking tree limbs, avoiding snakes falling from branches, and discussing what other monsters 
lurk in these swamps. Not many people know no. how to get here. You're on real boggy creek. This ain't this yeah. ain't a this ain't a branch off of boggy creek. This is Boggy Creek. Ground zero. Yeah. So how this, you're on ground zero right too? now. Like usually yeah, when, a when the water, stream. when the flood water's out, it's just a creek about, it's probably about 10 foot wide and about 15 foot deep. Yeah. And it goes all the way back and crosses 71 there at Falco, 71 where you go into Falco. How many miles good. long would you say Boggy Creek is? Uh, probably 30 miles. Logan Creek's probably 30 miles away. It winds in from Falk down to here, what do you think? Did you hear Lonnie? What's that, Lonnie? Is that your cousin that him up here? No, it was, it was a guy I raised with. Uh, uh, he, uh, he li- been back back no, he lived back here where, below where Curtis lives at. Okay. And uh, he, he hunted up here. He deer hunted up here on Boggy Creek and, and Days Creek. And uh, uh, I don't even think the name of that slew. But it's a slough comes in there that goes back into Crabtree's Lake. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it turns into Cypress Slough. And uh, they dammed up Cypress Slough and made that lake. And uh, he's the one that's seen it. He's up here deer hunting. They had dogs running, his deer hunting that come out on him. And if you look on that uh, uh, Legend of Boggy Creek, he's, he's a young boy that, that shot at him, threw his gun down. and. And he jumped a creek that they said is impossible to jump, but he had his footprints on one side and he had his footprints when he hit the ground on the other side, so he jumped it. And, wow. But he I mean, he, he wasn't scared of anything. Lonnie and I was raised with him and... Uh, owl. Yeah. The owl. That's an owl. Pretty neat though. Yeah, this is How great. You- this is ground zero right here, yeah. You can't go up Days Creek much farther because of the gravel pits. Uh, they dug gravel pits out, and you can't get on up to. The, but this goes all the way back to Texas Days Creek does. Look at that clear cut out there. You got another pond. There's another pond, yeah. as big as this right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they drug it with a drag over. And a drag a, line. A drag line years ago. I remember when it's when 40, 50 done foot it. deep. I didn't even know it. Found a deer. Uh, buzzards were circling it. So I ended up buying that place off of them people down there. That that alligator had crawled out of that dry over and crawled through that clear cut all that way and by the trap spots mm. and got in that pond and Dennis and them killed it. Mm. They got caught killing. He says he didn't kill it. Some Mexicans he had working for him killed it. That's a good way anyway, to he, he blame it on the Mexicans. That's a Texas way of doing things right there. Blame it on the Mexicans. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know no better, man. I, I, what, what were you saying just a minute ago about the tracks? Uh, this was somewhere else down in Louisiana. Summerfield, Louisiana. Okay, and what had happened? It was, uh, well, my uncle walked it off. It was about four feet across his belly on the back. Alligator. Alligator. Oh, really? They had it on the news, showed it on the news. His tail drug a trench yeah. that deep. We was up there having a men's retreat up there at Daryl's cabin. Yeah, I didn't need to see it for real. I was out there swimming with a young kid in the cross. <laughs> I was Here everybody else in the river with me. Yeah, there was a big old wide belly spot trail across down through there, and all the men's up there. And I had this one little young kid that got in there with me. And they're hogging fish. He ain't scared of nothing. They yeah. caught a couple. Yeah, I caught one big catfish, but we got over there. And you can see it looked like a bulldozer had been coming out of them old willows right from Durrell's camp. <laughs> I was like, boy, that sure is a clean-looking trail right there. And we was catching mussels, and all the men was up there barbecuing, and then I turned around and I looked. Here come I, that gator down the I river. stuck my hand up there, and 
my hand was that gator's track was way bigger than that <laughs> my hand he comes swimming down the river too didn't yeah he? <laughs> they got yeah. out the river it was, it was time to roll on up out of there but when when it comes to them alligators down there and I, I like that old big bull that one you're talking about the 15 footer we was coming through there and i was in my canoe and you could hear something go just like this you know has quiet on this water and a buddy must said somebody trying to start a boat i said dude what there wasn't no water to hardly anything it was just dried up in her heard it again he said he said somebody trying to start a boat i said ain't nobody down here trying to start no boat i paddled on down there right when you could see the floodgate right there best past the boat ramp right there there was an old guy sitting in a lawn chair and he had a walker that he walked down there with in an old van sitting there right across from him he done it again and he was 15 foot long and when he you could see that he'd arched his tail out of the water he thought that canoe was a bull alligator coming and he showed his dominance yeah. and he, he floated up to the top and he was as, <laughs> he was as big as that boat y'all in and well, the water dro the water droplets shook off like you see on <laughs> in slow-mo yeah. hey you're messing up all of mine Lonnie's uh, uh, tour it's, that's, 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 that's actually their mating call yeah that's, 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 that canoe yeah, he, yeah and that old guy was sitting over in that walker he was sitting in a lawn chair and he used a walker to get in there with mm. And I eased up in that canoe, and he seen him. When he, I mean, from here to right over from him. Passing poisonous thorn bushes, cypress trees, and sloughs, we travel through tight corridors that meander into large open waterways. On one side, massive earthen mounds can be seen, Indian burial grounds, apparently littered with native arrowheads. It feels as if we've traveled far away from Arkansas, or North America entirely. One might easily believe we've been transported to Borneo, or Jurassic Park. Finally, we come to a confluence of waterways. Here, the Sulphur River clashes with Boggy Creek. We kill the motors. Listen as we are surrounded by owls and other creatures. We take a moment to soak up the ambiance. Amber wants to hear the howl. I pull up my phone and give them a brief explanation of what was taking place as I captured this cry in the night. They all take turns listening as the audio plays. Our guides give a knowing nod to me as they pass back my phone, all certain that what I captured was a creature known to those who live here if not by science. As I relay to them how that night had affected me, they begin to share their own stories. Y'all ever hear of a dumb bull? Yeah. My mother and my aunt. That's a hell of a story. They were just across the river from 471. Watch your fingers. Across the river. Five girls and two boys grew up together, my aunts and uncles. And my, three of my, my mother and two of my aunts decided they were gonna go camp out. And so grandpa had what they call a dumb bull. Yeah. Just a piece of cow hide stretched over a nail keg. And you pull, they pull a wax string yeah. through it and it would make the most horrible sound you ever heard in your life. <laughs> It'd make a hair stand on you. Yeah. 
So my two brothers, my two uncles, her two brothers got to thinking how fun it would be to get Grandpa's dumb bull and slip down there and rack it off as those girls camped out. And so they did. And after just a few minutes of racking it off a couple of times, I got an answer. Yeah. And they beat the girls home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it sounds just about like that sound there that you heard that bullhorn does. Yeah, it does. It, it, it makes a horrible, it makes a horrible sound. sound. Actually, I thought it was my uncle messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been back in the, in the 30s. Yeah. Do you think there's something out there? It's got to be. Too many people seen it. You got 18,500 acres in here that nobody travels. At all? You yeah, can't they, get to. They, they travel. You know, well, you, you can travel on these boats, and these if you want to get out here, you got to get on these mules or these horses. Yeah. Jerry Scoggins has. He, he won't tell it because I guess he don't. Nobody think he's flipped his whatever. <laughs> Jerry Scoggins has seen some thing on horseback in here yeah. and been some places no one knows. And he won't tell, but he said he'd take us. You don't want to see well, I said, I'm, I want to come back with my son and do the mule rides. Well, hey, he's I mean, got some mules. He's got some, a lot of this, mules. This, this stuff like in here, we'll be going through them up chest high deep with Spanish moss hanging off through these trees. It's easy. This is easy greasy in these boats. And, <laughs> now, you you probably not going to, unless you're lucky, catch him fishing on the bank snoozing. Where he goes back, where we go back in the mules and on them horses. I mean, there's a couple of times I felt the hairs on the back of my neck. Yeah. But I'm more, I'm more concerned about cougars, hmm. and mountain lions. I'm not worried about old Bigfoot. My, I figure he's. My brother was raised down here. He's he's dead and gone now. But uh, they come up here one night. Him and my uncle was going. There's duck hunting. They was drinking a little bit, and, and uh, they got up here and got lost and stayed up here all night long we found them the next day that's when willow slough had that uh you could come through willow slough from the river i showed wayne them where willow slough used to come through there but it's grown up now but you can come through willow slough and either go to snake lake or come to, to day's creek and uh, they got over in there and got turned around because well you can see how easy you can get turned around if you don't watch them trails you can and you can go around in circles all night and never go anywhere mm -hmm. that's what happened to them and they found them way over there next to smith park mm -hmm. out in the woods his brother made a fire in the boat and went to sleep. <laughs> Others stayed up all night scared of the monster. <laughs> you had to know my brother. He wasn't scared of nothing. Nothing. So who owns all of this? Like the management? Uh, this here, uh, Arkansas Game and Fish owns most of it. And uh, you've got the Crosses owns most of Boggy Creek between here and Fowl. And uh, the Crosses of the family? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, well, um, you'd think they was family. They act like they're the Hatfields and McCoys. Over <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this land. They, 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 they make a living. Who, who is yeah, it? Yeah, they make a living. They really do. <laughs> I believe it. They owned all the land from 237 on. I'll throw something at y'all that no yeah, one's probably that. told y'all about this part of the country. That's okay. I, I wouldn't come back here without one of these guys anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I do have, um, I do have where, where, Drop a pain on it. Now we've got some on people here we come are. down from Pennsylvania in uh, June, and uh, they they contacted me, wanted to rent my place down there on the river to, to monster hunt. Who are they? I don't even know who they are. Uh, it's a guy from uh, Lance. Uh, I can't think of his last name. Lance Norman. He was going to take them. And he wanted to rent my place. They were going to build a campfire down there and holler for the monster all night. <laughs> 
And I asked people, though, what would you do if you found it? I mean, what are you going to do? I'll, I'll just try to communicate with you. Give yeah. me a hug. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it in. They always say, I'd like always to think the I would be cool and just snap <laughs> a picture. I might scream like a little girl and wet myself and run away. I right. don't know. <laughs> That's why I was, he was making the howl. I'm like, I kind of don't want him to answer back. <laughs> hey, it I'm nice scared. Holler's back. Yeah, that was about no, that was about 12, 15 the other night, Monday or Tuesday. And, uh, and I did it five or six more times and we didn't hear that again and you know where he needs to holler at on that back hill over over Thornton Wells over in the distance thunder rumbles a bolt of lightning cracks through the thick atmosphere rain droplets start slowly and then quicken it's time to go even though we could all listen to these stories for hours no one wants to be on one of these boats during a raging thunderstorm. Firing up the motors once again, we speed back through the channels, past the wildlife, across a legendary body of water, and a land lost in time. Filming has concluded. The small town monsters team, along with Lyle Blackburn, came, saw, and conquered. I'd like to thank Seth, Brandon, Zach, Aaron, and Jason for having me. Special thanks to Lyle for his expertise and to all the locals who've opened up their hearts and homes to us. Also, thanks to my partner Matt, who couldn't be here with me, but helped me put together these casts for you. There's no doubt to me that this documentary Boggy Creek Monster will far surpass the first two small town offerings. It's been a pleasure to be here firsthand, and I can't wait to see how it turns out. One final thanks to you, dear listener, for your words of encouragement, for lending your ear. It means so much to me that so many people seem to care. I know the guys on the team appreciate it as well, and hopefully these little segments will only fuel interest in the movie. I'm so excited to see just what the future holds. Signing off one last time from Arkansas, this is Clint. I'll catch you on the flip side. And remember, when you howl into the night, don't be surprised at what might howl back in response. What do you think, Jason? Think I should give a howl? No. Think it'd freak them out? I think they'd know it was me. They'd get all excited. I don't want them to flip their canoe over. <laughs> but it's time. You know what I mean? Climb up on the truck so you'll be 10 feet tall. <laughs>
Let me give a Bigfoot howl and let's see if we get a response. Ready? Ready? Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.